God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Let us pray, O God. You instructed the hearts of the faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit. Grant us by the same Spirit to have a right judgment in all things, and ever to rejoice in his consolation through Christ our Lord. Our first reading today from the lectionary comes to us from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, Abraham did not doubt God's promise in unbelief. Rather, he was empowered by faith to give glory to God and was fully convinced that what God had promised, he was also able to do. That is why it was credited to him as righteousness. But it was not for him alone that it was written, that it was accredited to him. It was also for us to whom it will be credited, who believe in the one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was handed over for our transgressions and was raised for our justification. The Word of the Lord. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people. He has come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of his servant David. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, for he has come to his people. Though through his holy prophets he promised of old that he would save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us, he promised to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, for he has come to his people. This was the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our life. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. 
Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Someone in the crowd said, Jesus, teacher, tell my brother to share the inheritance with me. He replied to him, friend, who appointed me as your judge and arbitrator? Then he said to the crowd, take guard against all greed. For though one may be rich, one's life does not consist of possessions. Then he told them a parable. There was a rich man whose land produced a bountiful harvest. He asked himself, What shall I do, for I do not have space to store my harvest? He said, This is what I shall do. I shall tear down my barns and build larger ones. Then I shall store all my grain and other goods, and I shall be stored up for many years. Oh, I did that wrong. And, and I shall say to myself, now as for you, you have so many good things stored up for many years. Rest, eat, drink, and be married. But God said to him, you fool, this night your life will be demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, to whom will they belong? Thus it will be for the one who stores up treasure for himself, but is not rich in what matters to God. The Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. O Lord, let me not be puffed up with worldly wisdom which passes away. Grant me that love which never abates, that I may not choose to know anything but Jesus and him crucified. I pray you, loving Jesus, that as you have graciously given me to drink in with delight the words of your knowledge, so you would mercifully grant me to attain one day to you, the fountain of all wisdom, and to appear forever before your face. To the glory of your name, amen. My dear brothers and sisters, today's reading especially the gospel reading, is something that should give us pause. I know I kind of flubbed it a little bit as I read through it, but that happens when you're a real human being and we're doing this live, trying to get this out as simply as possible. But if you look at the gospel reading today, the one that comes to us from Luke, the warning is very simple. It is about the danger of pursuing things here on earth rather than having our minds fixed on heavenly things. You see, it starts out with a guy basically approaching Jesus and saying, hey, I need you to go tell my brother to share with me because he's not being generous. 
It's kind of like two kids fighting in a car. Mommy, mommy, he keeps touching me or he won't let me have this. And then you sit back and you're like, as a parent, you're like, oh, God, how do I deal with these kids? Why'd you give me so many? I personally don't know this excitement because I'm just a single guy with no kids or anything like that. But I've seen it. I've watched it. And I've been a brother to some sisters and been that kid that wanted the inheritance with him. And being upset when I didn't get my part. And that's something that, as I now look back upon my life, I see how empty those things were. We get so wrapped up on things here on earth. Most recently, everybody was excited because there was a $1.7 billion Powerball that was out there. But you had to buy a ticket, and if you didn't buy a ticket, you weren't going to win it. And somebody in California won it, and it was something in the neighborhood of about $400 million after taxes if you took the lump sum, which in and of itself is astronomical money. And I would pretty much say that if you can burn through $400 million before the day you die, you need to sit down with the Lord Jesus before you die and make sure you still make it to heaven because you did something wrong. But we'll just leave that there. Um, but anyhow, when it comes to <clears throat> this particular story, Jesus tells the parable of a rich man who had a great harvest. And he pondered what he would do because he had all this extra money. And his thought was, I'm going to build a storehouse and I'm going to store these in here. Basically, it's like having the Powerball and going, hmm, what am I going to do with this money? I know. I'll put it in stocks, bonds, mutual funds, get it in another bank account, maybe buy a bunch of gold. That way I will never be hungry again. And the good Lord saw that. And the short-sightedness of this so-called rich man was revealed because God required his soul that night. He would not see another sunrise. He would not get to spend all this money. He would not get to enjoy the good life that he had finally procurated for himself. And all because of one simple thing. He laid up treasure for himself down here on earth instead of storing up true treasure in heaven. I know you're going to ask this question because it doesn't seem to be answered right here in this particular gospel reading, but it is hinted at when you see it at the last statement our gospel reading gives us. And I'll read it for you one more time so you can hopefully hear it this time. Thus it will be for the one who stores up treasure for himself, but is not rich in what matters to God. How do you store up treasure in heaven? What is the secret to Christian life in that sense? It's simply 
doing what matters to God. And what, you asked, is it that matters to God? Being loving, being generous. If you have extra food, feed the hungry. If you have an abundance of clean water and things for individuals to drink of, don't withhold drink to the thirsty. If you have extra clothes, take it to a place where they can get it to those who are in need of clothing and therefore clothe the naked. If you have a place for somebody to stay, open that up so you can shelter the homeless. You probably are starting to notice I'm talking about the corporal works of mercy. And I know some of you are like, well, I don't have things like that to give to people. Oh, well, you may not have those. But you can do the spiritual works of mercy, can't you? Spiritual works of mercy. Ah, now that there is something that many don't understand because they don't really think about those in the same sense. They don't think about the spiritual works of mercy where you're truly helping somebody, and this is something even the poor can do. Because you can always counsel the doubtful. You can help somebody on their faith journey and allow them to understand the true gospel of God. Like you can listen to and receive instruction and become wise, as Proverbs 19.20 tells us, and be able to witness to Christ by how you live your life so that others can see how you are a Christian and be able to emulate you. For those of you who have heard the Office of Reading selection today, you will have noted that today's Office of Reading comes from the uh, common section, because today, October 23rd, is the memorial or common of St. John Capistrano. And in it, he talks about how certain priests, if they don't live the gospel, if they are living in sin, if they are immoral, they basically are not able to be the light in the world that everyone can glorify their father about. And he was a man who was all about getting people to live the Christian life and not dive off into heresy. So in a sense, his greatest treasure given to us is showing us these spiritual works of mercy works of counseling, works of instruction, works of admonition. Not judging, admonishing. A lot of us miss that. A lot of us think that just merely telling somebody, oh, this is that you're talking about is a sin, blah, 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 is what admonishing is. But that's not admonishing, that's punishing. See, everybody took the woman that was caught in adultery before Jesus and wanted her stoned and asked him to pass judgment so that they didn't have to act like they had already cast judgment because they were trying to trap him, trying to be their judge.
But Jesus never fell for that, just like he did in today's gospel. He's like, who made you, who made me your judge and arbiter? Why are you coming to me about it? And he was able to comfort this adultering woman, which is another spiritual work of mercy. He listened to her. He allowed her to understand that he wasn't there to judge her. In fact, he did two other works of mercy, spiritual works of mercy. He bore her wrongs patiently. He didn't get bitter about it. He didn't get frustrated. He didn't hold it as a grudge. God, I know I have a struggle with this one. I think back on all the times people have hurt me and I can start talking about it and people get tired of listening to it. I've gotten better with it, but sometimes I don't. The other is forgiven the injury. Ooh, this is the biggest, hardest one out there for us. But we are supposed to forgive those who trespass against us just as we ourselves want to receive forgiveness for our trespasses. And yet few are motivated to truly let go of grudges. Truly allow yourself to forgive them by not just forgetting, because it's not so much forgive and forget, because that's not really what forgiveness is. But it's understanding that the human condition is so warped that people don't necessarily see what they're doing. Hear the words of Jesus on the cross. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. I can think back to every hurt in my life. And when I realize that the individuals that caused that hurt really didn't know me, didn't really know how it was affecting me, didn't really know how they were harming me, that's when I can learn to truly forgive them and let God take hold of the situation. You see, that's the point of the Alleluia verse today, to be poor in spirit, to realize just how empty you are without God, to realize that you can do nothing without him. You can't forgive injuries, bear patient, uh, wrongs patiently, and you don't always see how you need to be praying for both the living and the dead spiritual works of mercy, laying up treasure in heaven. You see, we have to be empowered by faith, just like our father Abraham in the example in the first reading from Romans, and give glory to God and be fully convinced that what God has promised, he's able to do. And one of those things is to work his love in and through your life so that you aren't just looking for things here on earth, but you truly set your heart and your treasure in heaven. 
and do those things which are truly pleasing to God your Father.